0: Of four dudes and one cup of joe here on Tide 100.9. We're going to be breaking down last night's first round draft picks. Starting off with the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers. I am CJ Stroud. No, Aiden Dollins. It is not CJ Stroud. Anthony Richardson. It was Alabama's own Bryce Young going number one overall to the Carolina Panthers. The first. Alabama player drafted number one overall in the Nick Saban era. We are very happy for Bryce. He is the greatest quarterback in the history of Alabama football. Even though he didn't win a national championship, he's clearly got all the accolades. And seeing as how he went number one overall last night... It just kind of proves the fact. I'm your host, Hardy Graham, joined by, of course, Aiden Dolan, Seth Shirey, Seth Hopper behind the glass. Make sure to call in. Give us your thoughts about how you think the first round went last night at 205-342-9904. So let's get into this. There was some talk kind of spiraling, spiraling around yesterday, the day before. Maybe Will Levis might climb up there. His odds jumped up to plus 400 to go number one overall. Clearly that didn't work out. Aiden, the Carolina Panthers got this one Right. I, I mean, he is the guy that sh- was the surefire number one pick. Was the guy that the Carolina Panthers desperately needed to fill a massive hole in their team and try to make some progress towards becoming a half decent football team. You know what? You know what, my favorite part of this pick is—is is it's not just
1: that. Carolina returns all five starting offensive linemen, including one, Bradley Bozeman. Shout out Tuscaloosa. It's not just that, despite the offloading of Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore, that they do have weapons such as Adam Thielen uh, on this team. You know, they went out and got and, Miles Sanders too. They went out and got Miles Sanders, who you know, say what you want, I, better than average running back. Yeah, better than average running back. They also, it's not just that they have a great defense that doesn't put a lot of pressure on Bryce Young to sling it all over the yard at this next level of football, it's that the expectations in Carolina are tempered because they recently had, who to this point is the greatest quarterback in their franchise's history, one Cameron Newton out of the Lee County Community College that we don't like to talk about, and it took him four years to get what was a passably decent team to a Super Bowl. So nobody's expecting Bryce Young to come in and light the league on fire and go 15 and 1 right out of the gate. He's got time to adjust to the NFL too. And and I, I don't think there could have been a more ideal scenario. I think people around here really wanted to see Bryce go play with D'Amico
0: and, you know, live it up in Houston. But the thing about this Carolina Panthers selection is that he's currently playing in the probably one of the worst quarterback divisions in all of the National Football League, where Derek Carr is currently sitting as the best quarterback, in my opinion, with the New Orleans Saints. You, you can, are biased. You, you can see talk this about Taylor Heineken all that you want. Tyler, Tyler Heineken is, is the
1: best quarterback. today, Huh? We're double teaming you. Yeah. So no, it's, fans
2: fans uh, the no,
1: honestly, yeah. honestly, seriously, who I was going to say is up until this point, Baker Mayfield was the best quarterback in the NFC South.
0: I mean, you can toss it that way. I like to consider that Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. Um, But pretty much up to this point, you know, you can toss it either way. Baker's had some injury kind of issues the past couple of years that have kind of derailed that. But aside from one, you know, really good breakout season where they went to the playoffs, Baker has been very up and down. But, you know, Bryce Young gets the chance to step into a division where he's going to get to play some pretty mediocre to kind of good quarterbacks he's got six wins on the schedule already
1: i mean i don't don't see a team in the nfc south that beats this panthers team this season aiden I i know we love bryce we love bryce so much there's only so much bryce can do to turn around a team that straight up was not good brother did you not watch what that team did after they got rid of the ghoul matt rule i yeah i'm well aware and they beat the saints i'm just saying I think we need to pump the brakes on the Panthers' expectations. Just that Shun
0: the nonbeliever. I shun the nonbeliever. Hey, if you think Bryce is going to walk in there day one and win the division, go to the playoffs, then, you know, kudos to you. I don't think that there is enough surrounding this Carolina Panthers team. And Bryce will get something that he hasn't had in Tuscaloosa, a decent O-line, like you mentioned. So, you know, sitting around in the pocket is going to be a little weird for him. He's going to have to learn how to stand in that pocket and not just improvise at a crazy high, intelligent level. Why? Why? Russell Wilson, the whole first ten years of his career, when he was one of the
1: best quarterbacks in the NFL, even with good offensive lines, would just scramble around back there and buy himself an extra, se- you know, four, five, six seconds for every receiver to get open because there's only so much a quarterback can do. Russell Wilson also happened to have the Legion of Boom, which is why I mean they had success. This is what years. I'm saying. You didn't pay attention to the Carolina Panthers' defense after Matt Rule left.
0: I, I there are some big holes on that defense. Um, you know, right now, just looking at that division as a whole, Bryce can absolutely step in, you know, and win some games. I mean, I can see them winning six, seven games. His rookie season is very, very doable. Um, you know, he's all level kind of guy. But let's move on to the next two picks because the Houston Texans pulled off one of the ballsiest moves I think I've seen in quite some time in an NFL draft. And it looks like it is going to work out perfectly in their favor. They couldn't decide between taking C.J. Stroud or Will Anderson, so they said, screw it, we'll just take both. Um, and they Hopper had- do- They they had the draft capital to do so because, I mean, they gave up a first round pick next year to Arizona, but they still have a first round pick in their back pocket. And so they get their quarterback of the future in CJ Stroud. And you can sit there and look at the IQ tests and all of that stuff. CJ Stroud dismissed that, said, I'm a football player. I'm not a test taker. Um, Take that as you will. But you still get the guy who is coming into this draft as the number two guy, number two quarterback to come off the board. So now you get him, you fill that big hole, and you sure up your defense. D'Amico Ryans gets his edge rusher of the future that's going to be a staple in his Houston Texans defense for hopefully the next 10, 15 years. Seth, do me a favor
1: and look up on that computer in there if another team in NFL history has ever gotten to pick back-to-back in the top five in the first round of the draft.
0: Because Please find that out for me Because I, I genuinely don't think it has happened Yeah I don't think it's happened and I mean Kudos to them. I mean, they're, this is a team that has, in the past two seasons, had a coach for a year fired him, had a coach for a year fired him. They bring in D'Amico Ryans, who has had a track history of being a very good NFL player and has now shirted himself up as a very solid defensive coordinator. All of that success he had in San Francisco. I'm sure D'Amico Ryans was sitting there in that room saying, I need a defensive player. And the GM said, well, we really, really need a quarterback. And D'Amico said, well, let's just go ahead and get both. We have the draft capital. We're going to go out there and do it. And so that is showing that they have faith in D'Amico Ryan, something that they haven't had in their past two head coaches, sending them off after a year. And it looks like Houston Texans are trying to turn a page. They get a guy like John Mechie back, you know, coming back off of his cancer treatment. They have uh, Damian Pierce coming back as their starting running back. Laramie Tunsil is still out there being one of the best left tackles in the league, even though he might be a little overpaid. I mean, this is a team that's trying to take steps to getting in the right place. And, you know, from what it looks like, they've got two guys that are surefire NFL starters for a very long time. Well, and they still have plenty of draft picks left in this year because they... And this is
1: something that was a topic of a lot of conversation in the early morning shows on this station all week is, does Houston maybe trade back out of number two instead of selecting Will Anderson? And my thought on that was, you already have so much draft capital that... It's not really worth it. Like, 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 like What are you going to get in addition to what you already have that makes it worth missing out on a player like Will Anderson? Well, what do they do? They go and they do just the opposite. They say, hey, we have a wealth of draft capital. Let's burn a little bit of it and go up and get both the guys we want. There was elation, just like shock and like excitement in our living room last night watching this draft. You know, I like we had a few people over. Hardy was there. I was there. You know, and it was just... Shocking that this happened, but it was the best thing that could have happened.
0: Yeah, because for the past, past couple of weeks, I've been sitting here saying the Houston Texans are going to take Will Anderson at number two. I just felt like they were going to say, screw it. D'Amico Ryan's going to get his defensive player. They're going to have faith in their new head coach, and they'll get one of these top three guys that are going to be coming into next year's draft with, you know, Drake May, Caleb Williams are the top two guys from what it looks like. Those are both look to be surefire NFL starters for the next couple of years. But when you look at this, I mean, they absolutely hit it out of the ballpark. Um, You know, if they wanted to take a guy like Tyree Wilson, they definitely could have um, higher upside. But D'Amico Ryan saw something in Will Anderson that he liked, and he went out and he got him. So I found in 1992 draft, the Indianapolis Colts, after going 1-15 in 1991, picked number one and number
3: two. Wow.
0: That is incredible. And then they still, five years later, had the number one overall pick to draft Peyton Manning? Incredible. Yeah, I mean the yeah. Indianapolis Colts had some really, really bad years, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna let Jeff from Tennessee come in here and to help us break down this number four pick by the Indianapolis Colts. Jeff, what do you think about the Colts taking Anthony Richardson with that number four overall pick? Because I mean, if you're looking at it, he's got all the upside. You know, super athletic kid. Just, I mean, the guy just can't hit the broadside of a barn sometimes with the football. I
2: don't. I mean, they think or they won't. I don't worry. Really- I'm not a Colts fan, so I don't really care. I mean, I saw him play against Kentucky; he was terrible. So I mean, I don't think I don't think he's that good. He's pretty good, I guess. He, I don't think he's that good a quarterback. But you know, we have to wait and see him. Mean, he's got to prove it. Prove it. See what he can do. I mean, you know, that's why they have on potential. So that's what they draft on. I mean, I mean, everybody says Bryce Young's too short. You talk to Alabama fans; they think he's the greatest agent that, that there ever been. So yeah, he's, he's the greatest quarterback in that school's history. Well, we'll find out and see. You know, he's got to prove it all over again. I don't care if he's number one, pick or mystery or rattling. I completely agree. them. Yeah, Jeff, that's definitely a rational thing to say. But you know, Jeff, tell me. I, 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 I'm a Kentucky fan. Will Letters didn't get big. I mean, that's fine. Hey, right. he'll,
0: he'll wind up somewhere. Whoever, uh, ten- he, whoever,
2: he, whoever he goes to, he's got to prove it all over. Yeah, anyway, I'm sure Seth
0: Hopper's Tennessee Titans would love to take him right there in the
2: second round. Well, yeah, what, what, I'm just saying why, why, why he didn't get big, because he's in Kentucky. If he's in a place like Alabama or Florida to put them numbers up, he'd be an All-American. He'd be all night long. He went to a place like Kentucky. It's not a football school, and everybody knows it. I mean, okay? everybody,
0: knows, everybody it's knows it's not like, a football school, but, you know, I mean, if you look at their success under Mark Stoops past couple of years, passing Bear Bryant for all-time and wins up there in Kentucky... They look like they're t- finally turning it around. They're actually trying to become a stable football program. I'm sure you're ready to see Devin Leary step in there and become the starting quarterback for the Wildcats next season. And I think he's going to yeah, be I mean, really I successful. I
2: hope he stays healthy. I hope he don't get, get hit as much as did this last year. They've got to have a better. Their offensive line's got to be better. It can't get. Enough. I mean, it wasn't bad last year, but it wasn't very good. They got to have better. Their offensive mind has got to be better. If they do that, if they can protect him, and if they've got the receivers, they got the receivers. They can get it to him. You know that, That's the way it is. But people don't think we have no talent. They think we're a bunch of, you know, somebody down there in Alabama says, we're never going to win course, well, We ain't going to have the vision too much longer, but we're never going to win these. We ain't going to do nothing. So well, way, just, you well know, Jeff, Jeff, tell me what's what's self. the
1: reaction from Kentucky fans? What you know outside of like you know, oh, you know he didn't get picked because he's from Kentucky. What, what's what's the consensus amongst Kentucky fans? Like, why didn't the mayonnaise man go in the first
2: round? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the. I mean, I'd say it's probably that they they they, they probably are. I mean, if I would say they, it probably don't surprise him I wouldn't think. I mean, everybody thought he knew it was first round until he got hurt. So I mean, you know. That's just That's the way it, That's the way it goes you No, know, sometimes You got low drafting I mean what, what was Tom Brady 200 feet in the draft what did I, he do Yeah like Some
0: 199
2: a, Yeah, yeah whatever, you don't on matter Wherever you Wherever you're, wherever you're peak, You gotta prove yourself If you don't You'll be You'll be sitting on the bench Or, or you'll or you'll be You'll be pumping gas And you will be out of
0: the league Yeah you could be Except Sitting there playing that. In the arena football league One day And well, just where again, I swear, I swear Future right Burnham Stallion will let us Y'all hang in there guys Good weekend You too, Jeff. Thanks for your call. So getting back to this top five picks, we sit there and we wind up at the Seattle Seahawks who walked into a likely pick in Jalen Carter, and that was the surefire guy. Like, that that had to be the pick right there. But... Pete Carroll switched things up and he said, you know what? I'm trying to bring back the Legion of Boom, bring back all of these long, lengthy, hard hitting corners and DBs that kind of made our brand and helped us win Super Bowls in the past. I mean, he's a defensive head coach. It's just kind of part of what he wants to do. But I thought the hole at D tackle was a little bit bigger than that one at DB safety corner But Devon Weatherspoon looks to be like The kind of guy that is a perfect fit In Seattle system, what Pete Carroll likes to do I just think that, you know, for the most part They could have had Jalen Carter and they let a team Slide up and take Jalen Carter That everyone should be fearful of Well I, I think this is one of those picks Where you look at it And just on the surface You
1: say oh you know that That's a bit of a reach Was Devin Witherspoon The best cornerback in FBS last year There's an argument to be made That he absolutely was But when he gets into one of those things I mean you're, you're splitting hairs The Seattle Seahawks Had the number 5 overall pick They don't get to choose that They don't get to choose That they had You know whether they had The number 9, 10 or 11 pick Which I think is where people had Devin Witherspoon graded To maybe start yeah. going Is somewhere around the start of the double digits you know so what are you going to do are you going to roll the dice and trade back for a nominal return on investment by going back a few spots and risk somebody else deciding that they're going to reach on your guy or do you just take your guy there he's a system fit he's probably a locker room fit Pete Carroll's really good at getting locker room fits outside of Russell Wilson into that building you know I, I I love the pick I love the idea that you would go ahead and say To hell with what the draft analysts and alleged experts and Mad Mel Kuiper on the Pat McAfee show are saying, I want this
0: guy, I'm going to draft this guy. And they should absolutely be very willing to do that. I mean, if they are trying to deal with less of the character issue type of things that a guy like Jalen Carter has kind of come into. They're trying to keep things clean. There's Seattle is a very young team. They don't need people coming in there causing issues, you know, kind of ruining some of that chemistry issues that they had. Um, But for the most part, Devin Witherspoon looks like the kind of guy who's going to be a perfect fit in Seattle. It's going to be there for a long time. And, Moving on to the number six pick with Paris Johnson Jr. out of Ohio State, the Cardinals was sitting there at number three and they let the Houston Texans take that number three pick from them. And, you know, I guess the Cardinals weren't really looking to go defense they kind of had their guy in Paris Johnson the whole time and they kind of ended up getting the guy that they wanted for a little bit cheaper probably and that was probably the biggest factor playing into that decision to move down well and, and and this is just the next crazy trade that happened you know they decided to go Detroit
1: I guess decided to do the opposite of what the uh Seahawks decided to do. They knew who their guy was. They knew who they wanted. They knew taking him at number six was really high, not just a bit of a reach like 12 was. And they said, okay, let's go ahead and trade back. Yeah, let's get some more draft capital here. Um, I I think they got an excellent tackle. Here's the truth of the matter. I don't like Kyler Murray as an NFL quarterback. Thought he was an excellent college football quarterback. I don't think he's a good NFL quarterback. But... If the Arizona Cardinals believe that he is, which they clearly do, considering they gave him $179 million guaranteed, even when he plays as much video games as he does, then you got to get him protection. The biggest issue Kyler Murray has had is he takes way too many hits, and it's not just when he goes outside the pocket. He took—I think—I don't remember how he tore his ACL, but I know he took a lot of hits within the pocket. You got to
0: get him better protection, and I don't think there was a better tackle in this draft than Paris Johnson. Yeah, and when you sit there and look at a lot of these kind of running quarterbacks and kind of evaluate what these injuries mostly are, if you go back and look at a guy like Cam Newton, a lot of those hits that piled on were stuff that he took while sitting in the pocket, and those kind of wearing down on his knees, wearing down on his. Shoulder letting him kind of get beat Up because everyone wants him to sit there And stand in and be a pocket passer And we know Kyler Murray likes to move around Do all of that kind of things but if he's Going to be in the pocket trying to Deliver a deep ball do things that You know we know Kyler Murray is very capable Of doing then it only makes sense that they go out there And get him some protection try to keep their Quarterback that they just paid a ton Of money to well protected And safe for the foreseeable future But Aiden looking ahead Um, The Las Vegas Raiders took Tyree Wilson. This was a guy that had been projected to go in the top three for a lot of this early stuff kind of leading into the draft, thinking he was going to go at number three to the Arizona Cardinals. He drops back, is sitting there at the seven line, Las Vegas Raiders, Josh McDaniel, they have... Lots of issues to fill, but they seem to have gotten their quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll see if he can stay healthy. But for the most part, it's looking like they're trying to shore up that defense that was just really, really bad. And in a division that has three really high-level quarterbacks— Four, If you count Russell Wilson, Uh, you need some kind of edge rushers and Tyree Wilson pairing him next to Mad Max Chandler Jones. It just looks to be like a match made in heaven, even though the DBs on the back end are going to be really bad. Well, so here's the thing is, you know, I, I think Las Vegas looks at what Washington has done
1: in the last, you know, five, six years. And what Washington has done is they've been able to, you know, Las Vegas has a new fan base to build. They they, they, have, they completely excommunicated themselves from the Oakland faithful, and they're trying to build a new fan base in Las Vegas. And you're not going to do that going 4-13 and 13 and adding piece by piece and winning one or two more games a year. You, need you to, should tell the A's owner that. I, you know, I, I will try to get that message through to him as best as I can. But you need to do something that makes your team exciting. You need to do something that makes your team immediately at least like a you know 7-10, 8-9, 9-8 kind of team to get people to want to put their butts in the chair and start building your fan base up. And the way the commanders tried to revive their franchise's fan base was they said, we're going to have a dominant front seven. You're going to watch sack after sack after tackle for loss after fumble after sack. And it worked. People started coming back to games. People got excited about the team again because it was fun to watch. So I think when you pair Tyree Wilson with
0: Max Crosby, and I mean Chandler they're going to be one of the best, you know, front fours absolutely. in the entire league. They're and-
1: going to disrupt every pocket in the AFC West. They're
0: going to win some football games. They're not going to go to the playoffs, but they're going to be a fun team to watch. Yeah, no, they're going to be really interesting. Moving on from Derek Carr, you know, now they have Jimmy Garoppolo in the building. I mean, you play in the division where you have to play Mahomes twice a year. You have to play Justin Herbert twice a year. You have to play Russell Wilson. He's kind of gone off the cliff a little bit, but we'll see what Sean Payton can bring out of him his first season in Denver. I'm sure there will be some little bit of level up uh, last year, his season with Nathaniel Hackett was just atrocious by all accounts that everyone you know kind of expected it would be. But you know, saying that, Vegas is trying to build a new brand, like you said. So it only makes sense they go out there and they get a guy that is going to try to cause problems for all of these high-level quarterbacks in their division. But a pick that just baffles me, and it's you know something bit, that I yeah. really don't understand, is the Atlanta Falcons taking B. John Robinson at number eight. I wish Hunter Brantley was here, the Falcons fan, because I I want –
1: and if we've got any Falcons fans listening, please call in. We'll come back to this. I want somebody who follows this team more closely to try to justify this pick to me.
0: Because B. John Robinson, as high level of a running back as he is, and he is the number one running back coming into this year's draft, you have a guy in Cordell Patterson and Tyler Algier who just put together a 1,000-yard season for you last year on a way cheaper deal – why would you feel the need to go out there and get a guy like Bijan John Robinson when I mean, if you're trying to just take him so that the Eagles don't wind up with them? Well, congratulations. You still let them get Jalen Carter right there at number nine, a team that is went to the Super Bowl last year, just got a top 10 pick. Sorry, New Orleans. I know you traded them that pick for Chris Olave last year, but they wind up with Jalen Carter at that number nine spot. I mean, if you're going to take the lesser of two evils, I'd rather the Eagles just go ahead and take Bijan Robinson because Jalen Carter is the type of interior defensive tackle that is going to be very successful in this league for a very long time. And the Eagles have had a track history of developing interior defensive linemen for a very long time with Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. They have uh, Jordan Davis that they drafted last year. They're going to be perfectly fine for the long run. They went and got Nolan Smith at 30. Uh, you know, I mean, they're going to continue to build one of the strongest defenses for a defense that was already really, really good last year. Right up until the moment they played in the Super Bowl. And, I mean, you're just going to let them go out there and take Jalen Carter. I mostly blame Seattle for letting this happen because I didn't think Arizona, Vegas, or Atlanta would be taking Jalen Carter. But Seattle, again, like we said, went and got their guy. So you can't really be too upset with them. I am a little bit upset with Joe Gaither, Chicago Bears for trading down, taking Darnell Wright, because you just I mean, if you're trying to protect Justin Fields, I get it. You want to get your offensive tackle. But for the price that you traded or that you went to trade back and get that pick, I don't really know if it's necessarily worth it. And the Eagles wind up with the guy that was coming into this draft looking like the number one projected type of guy. At least you know until his pro day and all of that stuff kind of came out. So let's let let's look
1: at let's look at this objectively. You know, clear. I, I think if you talk to Joe Gaither about this, which you can't because he's on vacation right now, a very well deserved. I'm one, sure we're Joe not loves gonna, his pick. We're we're not going to bother him about this. His two things he wanted going into this draft, even sitting at number one overall, were Jalen Carter or an offensive lineman. He said we need an offensive line so badly that I would willing to miss on Jalen Carter for that. I think Ryan Poles. Being the very rational trade back, get me all the draft capital kind of GM, and they have a lot of holes to
0: fill, so they need that draft capital.
1: And I think the absolute best thing you can do is get your young quarterback protection. Make sure you don't ruin his career before he has a chance to be a positive influence on a team that is actually ready to make a run. So I think Darnell Wright was the pick all along. And when Howie Roseman decided to call and say, "Hey, we think you're about to take Jalen Carter. We want Jalen Carter. Let me give you an extra fourth round pick." To move up. Right. What are they going to tell him? Oh, no, we're about to take Darnell Wright. Don't worry about it, man.
0: That's not going to happen. No. You might as well just take that fourth round pick. So they got a free fourth round pick out of the deal. Good for Chicago. Yep, good for Chicago. And they got their guy that looks like he's going to slide into that left tackle spot. Something that they have desperately needed for quite some time. Uh, Need to protect Justin Fields. If Justin Fields can continue to develop, and we saw strides last year, um, a lot more versatile more mobile the ability to deliver the ball more accurately from game to game looks to be improving so going into what is this year three coming up uh, for yes. Justin Fields we expect that Fact growth. Check, please we expect that growth to continue um, and getting a guy like Darnell Wright helping Justin Fields stay protected and giving him the chance to have success especially because they have all of those receivers that they've gotten they went out and got DJ Moore they have Darnell Mooney they went and got Chase Claypool from the Steelers and you know the Steelers winded up with a 32nd overall pick because of it. So they essentially get a first round pick, but you get a guy like Chase Claypool who just hasn't really fit in, in Pittsburgh. And now he's going to get the he's... chance to, to step into Chicago and probably be a number two type of guy next to DJ Moore. And I think that will be a perfectly fine role for him. Forgive me, but I don't really know if either of
1: those guys are a true number one receiver.
0: I don't think so, but I think on that team you have three number twos, Okay. So, and that's spreading, probably good so spreading that ball around, getting Justin Fields the chance to distribute. Uh, you still have guys like Cole Komet sitting around that can catch passes as well. They're going to be able to give Justin Fields plenty of opportunities to distribute the ball. Cole Kmet was a serviceable fantasy tight end for me last season. So. Yeah, he seemed to be servicing you pretty, pretty well from time to time. Get want to get you a couple of touchdowns here and there throughout the season. But moving on to the number 11th pick because I know our very own Seth Hopper really, really enjoyed this pick. Uh, taking Peter Skoronsky out of Northwestern, kind of the offensive tackle, offensive guard hybrid. Can slide pretty much anywhere on that offensive line. Maybe even slide in the center if they really need him to. But from what it looks like, Seth, are you pleased with this pick by your Tennessee Titans? I am very happy i either wanted him or paris johnson <clears throat> i wanted us to trade up with detroit and get paris johnson but that didn't happen but i'm very happy with this pick he'll probably slide in play left guard for us we signed two offensive tackles in uh the offseason so it, i like this pick we're very thin on the offensive line we need all the help we can get so i really like this pick how down
1: bad does a team have to be for their fans to want them to trade up for such a boring position as offensive line
0: did you see our offensive line last? <laughs> I
2: did. It was really That's
1: bad. It, it was
0: bad. It was that <laughs> it bad. was really bad. No, they're just trying to shore up their offensive line so right there at the beginning of the second round, they can go out there and take a guy like Will Levis if he's still there or really get the guy that they want in Hendon Hooker coming off that ACL injury. Stop saying we're taking Will Levis. I do not want that to happen. Well, I think no, you
1: should absolutely want Hendon Hooker.
0: Yeah, I think Hendon Hooker. I'd rather have Hendon Hooker than Will Levis. I'd rather have Hendon Hooker than Anthony Richardson. I'd rather have Hendon Hooker than CJ Stroud. I don't know. I mean, I would probably take CJ Stroud over Hinton Hooker, but the AR-15 stuff, I mean, he can't hit the broadside of a barn from time to time. We'll see how he develops in the Colts system. You know, their, their track record of one and done quarterbacks has been kind of hit or miss. But when we get back from this break, we're going to break down the next Alabama player to go off the board with the number 12 overall pick, the Detroit Lions, Jameer Gibbs. This is Cup of Joe here on Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide sports.
1: You've probably seen their clothing around town on
0: game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the strip. It's luxury game day apparel, redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel, clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur,
1: golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Mullar Fiori Grayson, and Miz and And if you haven't tried the Miz and dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop.
3: So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel, redefined to find
0: dad batter from our home base right here in
3: birmingham alabama we are here treating patients from every
0: generation across the united states and from around the world
3: as respected industry leaders
0: we are here
2: working hard for you in an effort to provide you with
0: excellence in sports medicine excellence in research and education
3: and excellence in sports
2: injury prevention
3: we are here for you aggressively pursuing victory over injury Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partially sunny this afternoon, Tuscaloosa's high 76 degrees. Tonight, fair with a low at 55. Warm tomorrow, partly sunny during the day, the high 80. A chance of showers tomorrow night, Sunday, rain during the morning hours, and cooler, the high 69. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 70 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
2: Alabama Crimson Tide lives right here.
0: 100.9. This is a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 sports update.
1: I'm Aiden Dollins with your Tide Sports Update. Bryce Young became the first Alabama player in the history of the common NFL draft to go number one overall to the Carolina Panthers last night. At the 2023 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans gave up the number 12 overall pick this year, their second-round pick this year, and their first and third-round picks next year to move up and take Will Anderson at number three after selecting CJ Stroud at two. And the Lions took Jameer Gibbs at number 12, giving Alabama three first-round draft picks in the top 12 selections. This has been a Town Square Media, Tide 100.9 Sports Update. For more info on these
0: stories and more, download the Tide 100.9 app. Never miss a moment of the action. Download the free Tide 100.9 app today. We are back here on Four Dudes in a Cup of Joe Breaking down this NFL draft First round And talking about A little bit of superstition Drafting first round Running backs Is something that has been Kind of sketchy In years past, Aiden I don't really know I feel like the Detroit Lions kind of reached on this one, but what do you think about it?
1: I, I I think the only thing crazier than two running backs going in the top twelve in the year of first round running backs are dead is the kind of savings and service you can get over at Derek Daniels State Farm uh, here right right here in Tuscaloosa. Localized service. He's very focused on setting you up with exactly what you need, an individualized plan that fits the entirety of your life, home. Auto, motorcycle, RV, the lot of it. Derek Daniel does it. Go out and see Derek Daniel today. I should have his address memorized, and I do not because I'm not that great at this job. But you can find him online, Derek Daniel State Farm. Give him a Google. Give him a call. And give him a chance to earn your business. And there's my shameless plug. No, it's insane.
0: And, but, but, it, but it was worth it. But the Detroit Lions got themselves an insurance package at running back with Jameer Gibbs oh, out of the University of Alabama. Because DeAndre Swift, we all know he's been hurt year after year. He hasn't really quite fit, out, filled out in that role there. Jamal Williams has left. He is now a part of my New Orleans Saints. So they are in need of running back. Some might say that they reached a Bit some might say a good bit, taking Jameer Gibbs. But his versatility at that position is something that really cannot be ignored. Um, He's the type of guy that's going to fit, plug in, and really just provide them a lot of third-down opportunities, passing the ball, give Jared Goff yet another guy to go out there and run that really high-powered offense that scored a ton of points last year because, for the most part, Jameer Gibbs – was really good at Alabama last year. Um, I don't think there's any way to stress that. You can look at some of the bad moments he might have had here and there, dropping a pass against Tennessee, but... He looks like the type of player that's going to be able to take that next step and really be a starting running back in the National Football League. And the Detroit Lions seem to have found themselves a guy that fits their system, fits what they're trying to do. They went out there. Dan Campbell is trying to continue to shore up that offense. And they had a pick sitting there at number 18, I believe. So they they were willing to go out there, take Jameer Gibbs, and wait to draft their linebacker later in this first round. But following that up with their in-division rival, the Green Bay Packers, I mean, every single Packers fan I've talked to, I mean, they're probably on on watch right now because they had JSN sitting right there at number 13, ready and willing to be taken. And they went out and got a guy in Lucas Van Ness who looks to be I'm the part, player. looks to be the part, is an exceptional player, is going to try to be that next Clay Matthews guy for the Green Bay Packers for a very oh, long I time. I say that. But... With a you know, I don't want to say a rookie quarterback, but a quarterback making you know his first real starting appearance in the National Football League as a continuous starter, not just a one a one week stopgap, an immunized start. I mean, you need to go out there and get this guy as many weapons as he possibly can. They have Christian Watson. They have. Still Randall Cobb. (laughs) Alan Lazard went and signed with the Jets, so he's over there with Aaron Rodgers. They need a guy at receiver, and JSN was the guy that a lot of Packers fans that I've talked to seem to want at that pick. Uh... Houston traded out of twelve, so they weren't going to take him. So he kind of wound up right there, ready and available for the Packers to take, and they decided to go and take the edge rusher out of Iowa, who really didn't play a lot of games for Iowa last year. But and a lot of that had to do with some older players in the program getting more opportunities on the field. Right, and that's how it works. You know, I think we know this from Nick Saban. You know, even if you have a
1: young hot shot guy sitting on the depth chart somewhere, um, if you've got dudes that. Produce well enough for you and they've shown loyalty to your program, they're going to get the playing time. That was the case with the guys in front of Lucas Van Ness <coughs> out in that cornfield. Um, it, it, it baffles me that this is what they did because Goods Goods has shown a strong desire Despite Aaron Rodgers and the team does need another wide receiver because I'm sorry, but I think Randall Cobb is
0: actually older than Marvin Harrison was when he retired at this point. At least that's how it feels. Yeah, it definitely feels that way. And Jeff from Tennessee can probably get us some info on that one. But looking at the Packers, I mean, this is a really heavy receiver draft. We all know the top four guys. Went off the board last night, uh, kind of all in a row right there, starting, yeah, with a run. starting with the number 20 pick. But the gap from those top four guys to kind of the next little wave really isn't as big as you probably think it is. And we've seen guys that are drafted in later position, later rounds at a you know, very wide open position like that have a lot of success Um, so you know them not taking a receiver right here is not the worst thing in the world but it's not something I really saw them doing Uh, just figured JSN was a perfect fit for them helping Jordan Love get himself a new receiver a high level talent to pair up with Christian Watson but nevertheless we had another trade because the Pittsburgh Steelers traded up with the New England Patriots to go ahead and get themselves an offensive tackle, a guy that's going to protect Kenny Pickett and Broderick Jones uh, kept Stetson Bennett's butt off the streets and out of jail while he was playing at Georgia. But, you know, once that was all said and done, uh, of course Stetson found himself in the pen. Uh, Broderick Jones looks to be like the type of guy that is going to be able to protect Kenny Pickett for a very long time. And I'm sure you were a little upset with that because you said that the commanders needed to take an offensive tackle.
1: They really did. And, that you know, the Steelers kind of came in and took the last one that I felt like was worth taking um, at the 16 position we were in and I mean,
0: clearly, clearly, I was right. He was the last offensive lineman to go last night. Uh, um, the Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma went uh, 27 to Jacksonville. You are
1: absolutely right about that. Um, that o, that that D is an O. I'm reading that wrong. So you know, it, it was, and nobody was really trying to trade back with us for real. So, um, but it's an excellent pick. Kenny Pickett needs the protection. Mike Tomlin likes Kenny Pickett. I know there's a lot of Steelers fans that don't want to hear that because, like, Kenny Pickett's mid. He doesn't have a ceiling. Okay. You can win games with Kenny Pickett. I think Mike Tomlin, the way he wants to do things is I have Najee Harris, and I've got this other dude whose name I'm blanking on right now behind Najee that I've got an excellent one-two punch at running back with. I'm not going to burn through the prime of Najee's career by just saddling him with 30, 35 carries a game like the Titans have done to Derrick Henry. And I'm going to keep building a great defense in what has traditionally been a smash-mouth defensive football city. You've got a good front seven. You're more than likely about to take Joey Porter Jr. and sure up that back end here with the first pick of the second round. Great pick. Absolutely great pick. If you give Kenny Pickett time, somebody's going to get open, and it's going to be George Pickens. And apparently, no matter what you throw at George Pickens, he catches it, we learned last year.
0: Yeah, no, he seems sure and ready up. To fill that position Uh, Kenny Pickett Looks That back half of the season Looked to be Poised and ready To take the next step In the National Football League He was right there On the cusp Of making the playoffs But moving along To the Jets They take Will McDonald Out of Iowa State Little edge rusher action They needed it They filled the role Um, I think that's just A really easy pick For them But I'll move on To this Washington Commanders pick Because I know You have some issues along with it, and we can bring along Shutdown Man to help you discuss and break down this pick, taking Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State.
1: Well, you know, it's not that I have beef with the pick. The more the more I let it set last night, the more and more I did. I, I'm not going to say, like, I love it, but I'm like, okay, no, that that's that's solid. You know, I feel like it's almost like the Will Anderson pick. Like, maybe it's not – I disagree with the take that Will Anderson doesn't have a super high ceiling, but if that's what the analysts are saying, that he's at least a surefire double, that's kind of how I feel about Emmanuel Forbes. Here's the truth of the matter. There were some great quarterbacks and even better receivers in the SEC the last couple of years, and despite that, Emmanuel Forbes holds the FBS record for pick sixes with six. He had 14 career interceptions in Mississippi State. It's not like he was on a world-beating team. I think I want him to put on some weight, He's only he's only 166 pounds. Standing at six foot, you know, I, I'm afraid a strong gust of wind, which we get a lot of in FedEx Field, it's a wind tunnel, is gonna carry him away. Or it could help him get some more air going up for a jump ball, you never know. Um, but no, I, I think I'm really liking this pick. Did I want Christian Gonzalez maybe instead? Did I want Brian Branch maybe instead? Yes, absolutely. But here's the truth of the matter Kendall Fuller isn't getting any younger. And it's not like we've got a world beater on the other side of him either. Rashad Wild Goose is the next best cornerback on the team. This is this was
0: an area of need, and they took a good player. So what do you think about this shutdown, man? How do you think this first round of the NFL draft kind of went last night? Were there any surprises for you? How do you feel about Christian Gonzalez going to the Patriots, Emmanuel Forbes going to Mississippi, uh, going to the Washington Commanders? Give us your take on last night.
3: Oh, I loved it. Uh, of course, I love Bryce going one. I love Jabir Gibbs. Uh, getting that opportunity, I, I'm I'm kind of amazed that a lot of people didn't see like I did that he's you know just a an amazing thread in a lot of different ways. Um, just I enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun watching watching the draft. Uh, it's more is. of an NFL uh, enjoyment. Uh, it's not I'm not a giant big fan of the NFL. I like what keeping up with my Alabama guys. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, just open like us I just want to take a minute to kind of vent a little bit on uh, on bringing in Tyler, uh, uh, the quarterback from Notre Dame. What's the last name again? Tyler, name? I love
2: it.
1: I
0: mean,
3: um, well, you know, I watched the A-Day game. I uh, watched it, you know, there, and then watched the replay on the SEC network, and uh, I thought the uh, both quarterbacks, you know, contending for the job, uh, improved, we saw. Um, you know, I thought Ty Simpson has real good pocket presence. Got a good arm. You know, we hadn't really seen much of it, so uh, that was the first time. You know, publicly we saw him play a lot at Alabama. Um, you know, if you know, I heard Saban say last night. You know, uh, we gave him an opportunity to take the job in the spring. I mean, uh, if that's the case, um, why not um, bring in transfer left tackle? Bring bring in a transfer wide receiver or two. They're dropping passes. Bring in a, uh, a guy to compete with Malachi Moore. He got burnt uh, by uh, Emmanuel Henderson on a Malachi bond. Moore I mean, was
2: the MVP
1: of that
3: game. Yeah, and he got burnt for a TD. Uh, hey, players get burnt that, sometimes. That uh, yeah, and- but I mean, quarterbacks miss passes sometimes. Uh, that's why, you know. To me, Tommy Reese ran his mouth and wanted to bring him in. He's not. He's going to be biased, in my opinion. He's going to want him to start. And uh, to me, if I'm Saban, I'm saying I've got you three, four-star quarterbacks and one five-star. I want you to develop these guys. Uh, you know, I know yesterday's crew all agreed that it it was a suspect decision. You know, Saban's made. Oh, we had a mindless
1: dump on here yesterday.
3: I mean, and it was they were right is, you know, who, who is going to leave because of this, not just quarterbacks, but other team, other guys. You know, I could see that happening. I mean, it may not happen. Maybe these guys, you know, say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and fight it out. But, you know, it's a different time these days. Well, but, shut down,
0: man. I uh, really like this move by Nick Saban because it brings in a different Variable to this quarterback room that all of these guys hadn't really seen. They've been sitting there talking to each other, competing with each other, and they really, you know, I guess haven't seen, Nick Saban hasn't seen enough progress from these guys. So he's going to go out there, bring a guy in, and say, hey, if y'all got if y'all either one of you two cannot figure this out, this is going to be our starting quarterback next year. It's lighting a fire under them. So I think whichever one of those guys sees this incoming challenger in Tyler Buckner and rises up to the occasion, whether it be Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, even a guy like Eli Holstein, rises up and becomes that kind of guy, then that's the guy that's going to be the starting quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide next year. And if none of those guys do rise up, they have a guy in Tyler Buckner who is very familiar with Tommy Reese's system and knows how to run it. knows that Tommy Reese wants to run the football, something that we need to get back to as an Alabama program in general after the past couple of years of very high-flying, heavy pass attack offenses. So I don't really see too much of an issue with it. And if Tyler Buckner ends up becoming the starting quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide, I wish him the best of luck. And I hope if one of these other two guys that are currently sitting there at that kind of 1A, 1B spot transfers out, then they have success wherever they might wind up.
3: All right, yeah, um, well, I'm I'm still uh, behind my guys. Uh, I think they've taken a step forward. Uh, I really thought, you know, just you have to go back and watch the A-Day game. And, like, at the end of the first quarter, um, um, Jalen Milrow led a great drive down the field. Several short passes, great calls, great offensive calls, getting him in a rhythm. Then he broke the 32-yard run, and that's his that's – his You know, that's something a lot of guys can't do, his power, his speed. And then he came back in the second half and uh, led another great drive down the field, short passes, uh, and then hit the bomb to uh, Emmanuel Henderson down the right sideline, beating Malachi Moore. Uh, I mean, he's going up against the first team. I thought Ty Simpson was just going to take the job, but... Um, well, Tom Simpson did play most of the
1: game with that sprained UCL. We, we do have to give him that.
3: I agree with that. Yeah, I, yeah, but you know he was throwing a little high even before the injury. He had missed, uh, you know, he missed Burton in the end zone, overthrew him, uh, underthrew him in the end zone on the other end. It, you know, was off a little bit, but he still made several really good passes, and there were I saw I saw three legit drops that would have really helped him in extended drives. I mean, drops, you know that, drops are, are going to
1: happen. The thing, the thing I look at, Shutdown Man, is I, I look at what we've seen during A-Day, and what I did not see from any of those quarterbacks, except for Ty Simpson a little bit, was working through your reads, going through your progressions, maybe finding that third, fourth read before taking off and running. You know, I saw them going, oh, my first guy isn't open, let me scramble a little bit, or maybe my second guy at times. When I watched the film of Tyler Buckner from last year, First of all, three of the five... I, I could only find four of the interceptions online. I haven't seen the fifth one yet. Uh, but the game-sealing interception against Marshall, there's a receiver that stands still on what's plainly supposed to be a comeback route. That's not on the quarterback. The pick six against... Oh, the first pick six against South Carolina in the bowl game was a batted ball at the line of scrimmage. That stuff's going to happen. The defense is allowed to make plays. The second pick six against South Carolina in the bowl game was a ball that bounced right out of the receiver's hand into a defender's hand and was taken back. That's not on the quarterback. And the third interception in that game was a bit of an errant pass and those things are going to happen but what i see from buckner is i see him working through his progressions and hitting that third fourth read i also see the way that he scrambles around in the pocket it's not scrambling seeking to run like jalen Milrow and ty simpson it's scrambling seeking to extend the play and open up something after a few seconds downfield the way i saw bryce young scrambling to extend plays
0: and shutdown man if you go back and want to kind of You know, treat yourself, give yourself a little bit of a chuckle. You can go look up the stats of Jalen Milrow and Anthony Richardson, their first three years of college. Uh, It looks like they are almost identical players. So if you think that Jalen Milrow can absolutely step up and be a better quarterback, be more accurate than a guy like Anthony Richardson, more power to him. But right now it looks like he's trending to being a very similar type of player to Anthony Richardson. High-level athlete, rocket arm, can make some really crazy throws here and there, but we don't really see a lot of that going through those progressions, going through those reads, like Aiden just kind of mentioned. Ty Simpson's a little bit different. He's a little bit more of a pocket passer, can go through those reads a little bit better. The one interception that he had in the 8A game was just a really good play by the defense from what I've seen. Um, Oh my God, God, Earl Little went completely parallel to the ground for that. It was an amazing interception.
3: It was. Um, Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, uh, nothing I can uh, do about it. Uh, I mean, he's coming. Just hope it doesn't. um, I don't want to lose Ty Simpson. I don't want to lose the two guys that we've guide uh I, I don't want us to lose uh wide receivers that are that are in their camp um but you know i mean that's where we are um you know i don't i wouldn't have seen sark running from being able to uh, develop these guys um i wouldn't have seen lane kiffin running from you know calling out uh, hey i gotta have somebody else uh you know i'm just that's my opinion uh you hired him to be a offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. Um, you know, if you're that yep. good, go ahead and develop what we got. But I mean that's where we are now and uh yeah, I think he'll be biased. I, I think he'll I think he will be biased and not you know, um he's gonna just hand it basically hand the job to uh well, and if he does do that, then
0: it is your duty and your right as an Alabama fan to support him and hope that he does very well for the Tide next season because that's all that we can really do. We have no control over what oh, this team is going on, to be.
3: It's going to be on him and Saban if uh, they blow it. So yep. uh, and, that's and my And,
0: and you know, that, that, that happens sometimes. And that happens. Saban's been winning 10 games a season for as many years as he's been around. We appreciate you hopping on Shutdown Man. We're going to continue breaking down this last couple of bit. Of the NFL draft. Moving on, uh, Christian Gonzalez to New England. Aiden, just quick thought: He's a good cornerback. He went to a good team. Jack Campbell uh, going to Detroit. They got their defensive player. Is kind of the guy that they really needed to fill that role alongside Alex Alonzo. Kalaja can't see to Tampa Bay. Uh, kind of stole you my were a pick. I, I really wanted that pick, and I'm really upset that he went to uh, that he went to Tampa Bay. Uh, and then we hit all four receivers right there. Uh Seattle getting Jackson Smith and Jigba. Quentin Johnson is going to tear up the AFC West. Yeah, Baltimore getting a guy like Zay Flowers, pairing him next to OBJ. That was a fantastic pick for them. Jordan Addison from Minnesota kind of intrigued me because I felt like they had a lot of other holes to fill. I felt like Brian Branch would have been a really good fit for them there. Shout Um, out Frederick County, Maryland public schools. Yep. Uh, Deontay Banks, actually out of Maryland, went to the New York football Giants. I'm not happy. I know that was a pick that you really wanted. Dalton Kincaid out of Utah went to Buffalo. Looks like they're going to be replacing Dawson Knox. Uh, he was kind of up and down a lot last season. Um, was kind of dealing with the loss that he suffered in his family. Um, i sure that played an impact on Pencil him. Pencil them in for an uh, appearance in the Super Bowl with that with that weapon on their team. Yeah, he's going to be really good. Maisie Smith out of Michigan going to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Pretty solid pick. I uh, was really good for a team that uh, finished in the Final Four, went to the college football playoff last year. Miles Murphy going to Cincinnati out of Clemson. Uh, that's a 28 pick. Uh, I think it's solid. I think that's a really good pickup for them. They need another edge rusher to pair alongside Trey Hendrickson. Uh, defense is the issue that they have. They went out and got their left tackle. Jonah Williams, he's either going to be there or he's going to slide over to right tackle. But uh, Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma going to Jacksonville. They lose a guy. Um, yeah, Cam Robinson. went yeah, Cam Robinson. Got himself suspended. Got himself suspended. So they need, needed a guy to fill in that offensive tackle spot. And it gives them some extra depth whenever he comes back. My New Orleans Saints, take a guy in Brian Bresee, who I think is going to be really good, really good scheme fit for the New Orleans Saints out of Clemson. Was when hurt a lot healthy. last year, so we will see if he stays healthy. The Saints have been dealing with the injury bug the past couple of seasons. We hope that that does not catch Brian Bresee as well. Nolan Smith out of Georgia, fantastic edge rusher, ran like a 4-3-something at the combine, crazy fast. He's going to slide right in there to that he's be Philadelphia good. defense. Um, Felix and, Anaduke Zoma. From Kansas City, Missouri, just going back home. We're really happy to uh, see him go to Kansas City, join the Super Bowl winning team. This has been the Sunday Spin Takeover of Four Dudes in a Cup of Joe here on Tide 100.9. We appreciate everybody listening. You can catch us on Twitter at the Sunday Spin or feel free to follow along on Tide 100.9, read anything that you might see. This has been Hardy Graham, Aiden Dollins, Seth Hopper, and Seth Shirey. We appreciate you listening. We'll catch you next week here on Cup of Joe. Rocky roll! we <laughs>